Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Relatable Homeschoolers. Today, we are coming at you with part two of Lazy Geniusing Your Homeschool. If you missed it, last week's episode, episode 36, we went through Lazy Genius Principles 1 through 6, and this week, we will be starting with Lazy Genius Principle number 7. So I am here with Harmony and Annie. Ladies, welcome back. I had so much fun last week with you guys talking about the lazy genius. And I'm looking forward to hear what you guys have to say going forward. So welcome. All right. Lazy genius principle number seven, put everything in its place. This seems like it should be a no brainer. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, but it's not in the, like Andy <laughs> says regularly. And you've been saying this for like, I feel like every episode this season, Andy, everyone is home all day together. It's impossible. It's chaos. And it's like, it is so hard to get everyone to put everything in its place. Mm -hmm. But if you put everything in its place where it needs to be, homeschooling will be so much easier. And I say this as the mom of the 10 year old who can never find her book because she doesn't know where she read it last because she's all over the house. I'm always like, okay, well, if you just would put it back, then it wouldn't be a problem. But yes, put everything in its place. And one of the keys to putting everything in its place is that there has to be a place for it. Mm. So you decide once. (laughs) Right. And decide (laughs) this this will be kept. Yes. And then expect that it's there. Set a house rule. Number six, set a house rule that this is where we're going to keep it. I cleaned out my kitchen and got rid of stuff that I was not using or Mm -hmm. had duplicates of. And then decided where stuff would go because, as we said in the last episode, Having a clean kitchen is very important to me. And I couldn't expect my kids or my husband to put stuff away if it was hard to do that. Mm-hmm. You're jumping and- ahead to principle 10 though, Annie. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, but is there a place, like a question yes, as, right. as me, the home educator, is there a place for this? Yeah. Have I communicated where that place is? Have I made it easier to know that with a label or a bin that is for the colored mm-hmm. pencils, mm-hmm. for example? Hey. And so it's easy to look and say, oh my gosh, these kids made such a mess of the house. But do they know? Have I communicated where that spot is? Have I made it easier for them to do the putting back of the things? Mm-hmm. And so I find myself doing a lot of reflecting on step number seven before I start yelling, put it, put this stuff away. Have yeah. I done what I need to do? I think we've actually had a year because we've just been in our house a year now of figuring this out. So putting this step into practice has been a year long process because things haven't had a space and we've had to figure yeah. out what that space is going to be and where that's going to be because it's not the same as our old house, right? Or and there's, you know, new rooms and new places to put things. And so there was a lot of time, like even just batteries, like where do batteries go? Where are we keeping batteries at in this new house? You know what I mean? And so I had to get a box and I printed a label that said batteries and I put it here and I was like, okay, this is where batteries are going. Any battery that you buy from here on out goes here. That has definitely been a process of figuring out where things go in a new house for sure. Yeah, I've had the same thing. So we spent just about three months living with Eli's parents while we were waiting to close on our new house. We had some delays and I did not have my homeschool cart 
it had, you know, gotten packed and moved. Mm, so I brought mm-hmm. some bins and some milk crates and stuff. I felt so discombobulated during that entire three months not having the cart because the cart holds the stuff we need for just right now. Whatever we need today, our daily stuff. And right. Books change. They leave the cart and the next book comes on the cart. And I just struggled so much not having that three shelf cart because it's just the right size for all the things I use every day. I was never so relieved than to get back my, I was like, this is where everything goes. You right. know, so like I'm very attached to my place for all of my daily homeschool things. And mm-hmm. it lives on this cart. It was just funny. And when, so when you have the right place for things, and it makes sense to you. It just makes things so much easier. Mm-hmm. And your days just run so much more For smoothly. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So lazy genius principle number eight is let people in. I feel like this is the a principle that is different from all the other ones. And they're all about relationships, right? We set house rules for the people we live with. We live in the season with the people we live with. But this is about the people outside of your family. But I think this really applies to homeschooling because it is really helpful not to homeschool in isolation, especially for people who are new homeschoolers coming off of COVID, quarantine schooling and things like that. I would just encourage you to find some community. The thing too is that everyone's doesn't have to homeschool the way you do. You know, we're on this podcast together. We're all three homeschooling friends. None of us follow the same philosophy, but we have things in common. We can talk about homeschooling, having our kids at home, our goals and dreams for our homeschools, and we can all support each other in those. So having some community and letting people in to your lives, Mm -hmm. you know, making room for that is important because it's easy Mm -hmm. to get caught up in just being head down your own homeschool in your house, but you can grow and learn so much and benefit so much from having relationships with other homeschooling families, Mm -hmm. your kids as well as you. For sure. And I think too, it's funny. She talks in this chapter about her friend and they called it the eye poke moments, right? And I think just Mm -hmm. being able to have that person who knows what you're going through homeschooling day in and day out that you can just text and be like, oh my word, I'm pulling my hair out today. Today did not go as planned to have that somebody and that camaraderie of somebody that knows what those days feel like. Sure can encourage you and just, you know, be that listening ear and just be like, I feel you. I know we'll get through this and remind you that you are in a season, even if it's just for that day. Yeah. And once you admit, hey, we're struggling with this, they might have a solution or they might have a different Mm -hmm. way of looking at it. I was saying to a homeschool mom, it might have been one of the two of you. My thing about pencils, like, oh, pencils, they break. We have to sharpen them all the time. And then somebody said to me, well, what kind of pencils do you have? And my mom was a legendary elementary teacher and she had a hoarding of school supplies. So we'd been using whatever my mom had left over, which were stuff she'd gotten at book orders and not high quality pencils. And this homeschool mom said to me, "Uh, I only use Ticonderoga. And so to make sure that I have pencils, I buy the black Ticonderogas for me and the yellow ones are for the children. I've heard you tell this story before. (laughs) And mind blown. (laughs) But if I hadn't taken on a degree of vulnerability and let somebody in to something as simple as pencils, Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're driving me crazy. And to have Heather, now I know it was you. (laughs) I knew it was somebody on this podcast who said to me, well, this is how I handle that. And I was like, oh genius and i've been doing that that way ever since (laughs) yes i'm genius about my pencils (laughs) and because you're a genius it makes it lazy i only buy one kind of pencils i do Mm -hmm. not care if they're on sale or not i do not care if they're the cheapest they're the ones that work right the black ones are for me the yellow ones are for kids done it's over that's my decide once i've started small it's the house rule and they all go in their place done boom (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 
When we say <sighs> friends that we love the lazy genius, we love the lazy genius. <laughs> and you've probably noticed that all the principles overlap each other. If you're just listening right now to this episode and you haven't listened to last week's yet, Annie made a really good point that the principles really do build on each other and you really should start with number one and work your way up. So again, if you are listening to this episode and you haven't listened to principles one through six, I really highly recommend you go back and do that. Along with finding community and letting people in, one of Kendra's points in the book is that you don't have to be in a state of chaos to ask for help. So I think there's also a point here to be made about letting people in who can teach your kids the things that you maybe aren't specialized in, but that they want to learn. And it could be anything from horseback riding lessons to a foreign language to piano to uh, Mm -hmm. biology because you don't have lab equipment in your house. So you know, tap into resources. I have friends who homeschool and who get together once a week and they trade subjects because one of them is really good at one thing and one of them is really good at another thing. And they, you know, swap lessons with each other's kids. And so tap into resources. Don't be afraid to ask people what their skills are and their gifts are and offering your own and farming out the things that you need to farm out. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So invite in some experts too. Mm-hmm. All right. Number nine, batch it. What do you guys got for batching it? I batch all the things. Well, in the last episode, I pointed out that you were actually talking about principle number nine when you were talking about asking the magic question and putting things together in folders. So you sit down at one time and you batch all their work for the next period and get it all done at one point. And it's all done. And then then for the next six weeks, like we are right now, I just grab the folders and they're ready to go. You can do that with your curriculum. So if there are consumable things that you need to make copies of, do it all at one time. Don't go, you know, I'm just going to go a week at a time. Find a copy center that you love and make your copies and then sort them out to whatever you need them and then they're done. The same goes for things like ordering books. If you want to order used copies of books, don't wait. Sit down and order them all and then you have them Mm -hmm. all. Get it all done Mm -hmm. at once. I think this also can go for household management stuff. I have friends who batch meals and they'll batch cook lunches and freeze them. Mm -hmm. Sandwiches, muffins for morning and so that all their breakfasts and lunches and snacks are prepped for, you know, a month at a time so that their homeschool runs more smoothly. It's home management batching that supports the homeschool. Yeah, I actually I thought of this when you mentioned the home management. I think when we did homeschooling and home management just a few weeks ago, Annie talked about her Sunday basket for the mail and the bills and all that stuff. And that's a perfect example of batching it, right? Yeah, absolutely. essentialize. She talks about the Greg McKeown book, Essentialism. Yeah. And she says there are three kind of steps to essentializing. Annie, you kind of talked about this already. Name what really matters, remove what's in the way and keep only the essentials. And this is great for those of us who hoard our homeschool materials, the things that we're never going to (laughs) use. You know, it's good to do some purging now and again to get rid of the things that you're never going to use or that aren't what matters most and to do it guilt free. Right. You know, and if black Ticonderoga pencils are what really matters, then, you know, toss the other things that you're not using. Right. Right. I know we do usually at the end of the school year, one of the homeschool groups in the area will put on a used curriculum sale. And sometimes it's just a trunk sale where you basically put a table out the back of your trunk and 
you're in a parking lot somewhere and you sell stuff. But last spring when we were selling stuff, it was like I sold stuff the last hour. I was like 50% off the last 15 minutes. I was like free take it. It's not coming back in my house (laughs) because I was removing what was in my way. Yeah. Well, and you can bless another family who's just behind you in your homeschool journey. That's what I do. I don't, I don't have time to go on eBay. I don't have time Mm -hmm. to go on thrift books and sell this stuff. I don't want to get a table at our homeschool convention and try and sell stuff. I want to bless a family that's coming up behind us. And we have those friends and I just hand her a crate. This is what we're done with and give her the absolute freedom, do what you want with it. You do not need to pay me for it. I don't want to know what happens to it. If you can use it, use it. If not, pass it on to someone else. That's excellent. And essentializing is another good question to ask in every area of your life. Is this essential right now? And then when Mm -hmm. you decide what those things are, maybe it's taking time for yourself. Maybe it's saying, you know what, getting 30 minutes of exercise or getting a walk just by myself is essential right now in this season, right? Number four, live in the season. Getting a walk by myself, X number of days per week is essential. Orient your schedule and your priorities around that thing. And Mm -hmm. so that's what's really important about this is that we have to name what matters because in all honesty, not everything can matter. Mm -hmm. And so you have to choose. This is what matters right now. This is what makes me feel most like me. Right. And I think, again, it's important. I want to point out just in case you are listening to this one and you haven't listened to last week's episode yet of what her main principle is about being genius about the things that matter to you and lazy about the things that don't. So I especially think what Annie was just saying about essentializing, that's not going to look the same for everybody. What matters to you and what you need in your life right now is not going to look the same as your best friend or the person down the street. So naming what matters to you and you alone is huge. All right. Moving on, ladies. Lazy genius principle number 11 is go in the right order. She has uh, broken down that there's a right order for everything. And again, she starts with number one, remember what matters. Two, calm the crazy. And three, trust yourself. So I have a great example of this. Oh, let's hear it. During our morning time when I'm reading aloud to the girls, they like to have hands busy, especially my six-year-old. And I was running into the issue where I would say, okay, it's time to come to the table. That's a problem, getting them to the table. But then also, we're going to have read-aloud time. You need something to do with your hands while I'm reading aloud. And they would scatter to try to go find things to do. And it would take them 10 more minutes. And I'd be like, you know that we have read-aloud time every morning. Why do you not have stuff nearby? Why do you not come to the table? Because they don't think of it until I say it. So I already have two of the three tiered rolling carts, one for art supplies and one for our daily homeschool academic stuff. And I thought, do I really need a third rolling cart? But I had this great idea and I thought, okay, I'm going to remember what matters here, which is that we have morning time and that we're not held up by looking for activities for morning time. I'm going to calm the crazy of running around the house trying to find things. And I'm going to trust myself and say, yes, I do need a third cart. So I bought Mm. a third cart. (laughs) (laughs) On the top shelf, I put magazine files with all of their coloring and activity books they like and the marker caddy. That is on the top shelf. And then I gave the girls each one of the other shelves and I said, I want you to collect things that you like to do during morning time and put them on this cart on your shelf. You can fill the whole shelf 
yourself. So you have lots to choose mm-hmm. from. And we're going to put this next to the other cart and you can pull it out during morning time, wheel it around the table and pick something off it to do. It has been a game changer because I went in the right order and the trusting myself, I needed a cart so that they mm-hmm. could pull it around. It can be pushed out of the way and it would hold everything and contain everything. I was like, no, that was the right decision. The carts really work for us. Um, that's awesome. So that's my go in the right order example. And I'm very pleased with the result. Yeah. I think these last two principles, honestly, are like my favorite. (laughs) All right. So should we move on then? (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. Lazy genius principle number 12 is schedule rest. Yes. Preach. I know I mentioned this in the previous episode when I talked about how I batch the packets for my kids. And I could just do it, right? I could just be in our office or be in the living room and I could spread out and I could just get this done and rip it off. But it's something that I do every four to 10 weeks, depending on our schedule. And so I want to make kind of a little event about it. And Mm -hmm. I want to do some rest, even though I'm trying to do this job. And so having a show or music on and having a snack or a drink makes that into a rest time. Mm. I can be more leisurely about it because anytime you have a snack and a beverage, it's more leisurely. And so I can enjoy this time and I can you know, look through the stuff. You can take that time to pray over your kids or that sort of thing. And so taking that time in those Sunday afternoons that I'm putting those packets together to have a mindset of rest rather than a mindset of I have to get mm-hmm. this job done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Kendra has a great episode on the different kinds of rest. And I've gone back and listened to this episode of her podcast a number of times and we can link to that in the show notes and she talks about you know we need mental rest sometimes you need a nap sometimes you need actual sleep are you getting enough sleep um but she talks about you know daily rest weekly rest like do you need short period of rest to recharge do you need a longer period of rest away from things? Rest is not just one category. It's not just one thing. There are different types of rest was mm-hmm. really pivotal for me. I tried to take moments of rest throughout the day. This weekend, I'm headed to Memphis to the retreat center I used to go to on a monthly basis. And I'm going to do a full weekend silent retreat. And I cannot wait to just be silent for like two days straight. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, so that's a longer, a more sustained, mm-hmm. intentional kind of rest. But I think our kids need rest. We need rest. You know, we need break times. Some homeschoolers take a week off every 12 weeks or every six weeks Mm -hmm. and they build in those like times of rest in the school year because we don't have the school year calendar telling us it's time right. for vacation, you know, and you don't have to power through, you know, like the fall is a long haul for public schoolers, unless you mm-hmm. live in the South. Southern states tend to have a fall break in October, but if you're in the Midwest where we are, it is straight on from the beginning mm-hmm. of the school year until Thanksgiving. And even Thanksgiving's right. like just two days, right? You don't get a full break until Christmas. Yeah. So it's a homeschooler. You can build that rest in for your kids, but you can also yeah. build in rest time during the day. You know, if everybody's mm-hmm. wrought up in the afternoon, afternoon, you know, a half an hour of quiet time, you know, but going outside to play can also be restful in a different kind of way, you know, and then there's Mm -hmm. making sure everyone gets enough sleep at night. Yes. It's easy to not get enough sleep. Yeah. I think she sums it up great here in this one sentence in her book. After she talks about the seasonal rest, the weekly rest and the daily rest, she says small intentional daily acts of rest are way more powerful than those magical unicorn weekends that we need to learn how to rest, which I think is so imperative. In a previous episode, I talked 
talked about that I'm not doing my bullet journal next year and I'm doing right. a planner. And that was part of this number 12 is that mm. I needed to schedule rest. I needed to schedule downtime and time for hobbies that I have neglected for a while. And so rather than just using my bullet journal as a to-do list, I needed a schedule. Mm. And if if I don't plan for it, it ends up not happening in this season of life that I'm in. And so that's why I had changed from a bullet journal to a planner that had a daily schedule is so I could plan in periods of rest, periods of refreshment to do the things that make me me. Right. All right, ladies. Lazy genius principle number 13, be kind to yourself. Mm. (laughs) As homeschooling parents, we can be so unkind to ourselves and so critical. The comparison game is strong and tempting and it's hard to avoid it or to feel like we're coming up short, but we need to be kind to ourselves. We do. We're always, you know, hardest on ourselves. And like you said, the comparison and thinking we're not doing enough. Last winter, one time getting together with my girlfriend, our kids were playing. She was telling me like everything she was doing. And I was like, why are you doing so much friend because she was talking about like wanting to add something else on and I was like hear my words you are doing enough like and she just looked at me and she's like thank you for telling me that because Mm -hmm. she was thinking she wasn't Mm -hmm. she was thinking she needed to do more the comparison game is strong in homeschoolers Mm -hmm. because you'll see or read about or know some homeschoolers who are speaking a fluent foreign language at age 10 (laughs) that is not any of my kids (laughs) Nor mine. Right. And so we can say, well, then we must be doing something wrong. This is where her encouragement to name what matters most, which is mm-hmm. a part of more than one principle, it comes into play. Like we have to name what matters most for us. For sure. As so- your children get older, ask them what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're starting to plan high school, when you're starting to talk about the future with your kids, ask them what matters most. Maybe they want to have a part-time job in an area of business or industry that they're interested in. Well, that may be what matters most to them. And so rescheduling school time or restructuring school time so that they have a chance to do that work or be in that job shadowing situation might be what matters most at that point. And so being kind to ourselves and being kind to our kids, we only get them for a little while. I know Mm -hmm. it seems like forever when you're in a hard day, but I look at my kids right now. I have a 14, a 13 and 11 year old. I only get my 14 year old for four more years. How am I going to spend those four years? I want it to be that we are kind to ourselves and kind to one Mm -hmm. another. Yeah. Don't remind me. I have a 16 and a half year old people. (laughs) All right, ladies. It has been such a joy talking with you, sharing about The Lazy Genius Way by Kendra Adachi. As we close out this episode, we only have a few short minutes left. So would you just share with me a joy in your homeschool right now? Honestly, it's that morning time cart. (laughs) (laughs) Your third cart. (laughs) Yes, my third cart. My third cart. That's awesome. And what I love about that, Harmony, is that that is a genius for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You followed The Lazy Genius Principles and you asked yourself those questions and you did it. And it is genius for you. And I think that's the point that we've been trying to make the past two episodes with Kendra's amazing principles is that it helps you figure out what is genius for you. What makes you you? Yes. All right, Annie, yours real quick. I needed a new purse. (gasps) And as a homeschool mom... Uh, you have to carry more than the average person. So I was kind of particular about my needs and kind of 
shopping. I was at a thrift store after a conference this weekend and thought, I'm going to swing by the thrift store. My kids needed a couple of things they wanted me to look for. And I found a purse for $4. I lazy genius it. I went to the thrift store, saw something that was going to work. And for $4, new purse in hand. Fun. Awesome. I've been wanting a new purse too, because they always downsize for the summer. And now I'm like at that time of year where I'm like, oh, time to go a little bigger. <laughs> School's back in session. I would say from Annie's recommendation, I haven't pressed the order button yet, but I've been spending like the last week and a half on the Plum Paper website, (gasps) organizing my planner for next year. And I'm getting super excited about it. It's been fun. I love how I was able to put all my like friends and family's birthdays in there and that it's all going to be printed on the calendar and stuff. So, oh yeah, I've never seen anything like it to where you can customize it. So individually for yourself, there's a bunch of different templates. So I've just been really having fun with that. Thank you, Annie, for sharing that with me. All right, ladies, it's been another great time talking with you and we look forward to joining you again next week. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.